Hey gang, welcome to the Texture Lounge. This is episode three of season three, and it's all about fitness, fitness, health, nutrition. Joining me in the lounge today is Kayinde Andorin, who is the founder of Power in Movement. Um, You can find her under that handle on Instagram, check out her videos, her journey. We're going to be talking about the importance of fitness, health and nutrition, especially for us women of color, especially during this time of quarantine, where a lot of us are eating more and quite frankly, moving less. Okay, so join us here in this lounge, sit down, kick off your shoes, grab your drink, your wine, whatever your poison is, and uh, let's get it. All right, so joining me in the lounge today is Kayinde Andoring, and I am actually really excited to have her on the Texture Lounge. Uh, I have been following her on Instagram for quite some time now, and I have to say that she's definitely one of those um, motivators for me in terms of getting my fitness together. So um, Kayinde is a certified functional strength coach. She's also a certified personal trainer. Um, I do want to hand over to you at this point, Kayinde, to just share a little bit more about you and uh, what inspired you to get into fitness. Thank you so much. Um, so I have always been into fitness and um, I'll kind of walk you through the process of really solidifying like my career right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was an athlete in college. I always like played sports, pretty active, played tennis, played basketball. Um, so it's been such a core value for me to stay, you know, healthy physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. When I left college, I um, went into the fashion industry. Fashion. So, yeah, I was in the fashion industry for quite a while, actually. I worked for um, Helmut Lang in theory in San Francisco, and I worked for them in New York. Um, oh, that's cool. So, what were you yeah, doing for them? I was, I was in sales. I okay. was in sales for, for um, a little bit, and then I went up to management, and that's when I decided that, okay, I just don't want to be in this industry anymore. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, you know, but I loved it. I love fashion. I think it's, you know, it, it's also integrated within my business as well in mm-hmm. the fitness. Yeah. Um, but I was there for a while um, and I kind of lost my way within like the health um, and fitness spectrum. So I was slowly kind of going back into being active and working out. Um, and 10 years into um, the fashion industry, I decided to call it quits. Um, I just felt like I wanted to make a, I wanted to make a bigger impact. Um, I wanted more purpose and meaning in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw how fitness really changed things for me because the time I decided to go into it, I was depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very dyspeptic, you know, just very moody. And I didn't understand why I was that way. But um, fitness was my vice. It really helped me to become more just like having a better, like a healthier perspective on life. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw the great things it did to my mood, uh, my, ma- my mental health, physically, emotionally, everything. So I was like, you know what? I really want to tap into this mm-hmm. and give the gift of health to as many people as I can. And that's when I sort of like left the fashion industry. I went into the fitness industry. I started 
with a corporation in 2012. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized I really don't like w- working for people. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> Learning. I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, mm, I really don't like taking orders from people, and I certainly could be my own boss. And the very interesting thing is I actually got fired. Oh. Um, yeah, because I just, I just, I don't like rules, um, and I am not one to follow, like, a very rigid structure. Got it. I like very loosely defined, um, a very loosely defined corporate culture. And I really didn't have that experience in the corporate world, in the fitness industry. But being let go was the impetus that allowed me to launch my own personal business. And it was terrifying, but I just kind of pivoted and went along with it. And I've just been training independently for about four and a half years now. So it was basically the kick up the butt that you needed to go do your own thing. Oh my God. It was awesome. I remember my colleagues were like, Candy, aren't you freaking out? I'm like, no, this is amazing. This is like, this is what I want to do. Mm. I just picked up my clients and just built from there. Um, so how many, so clients, I love it. how many clients did you, did you start with? Do you remember? I only started with three clients okay. because I was only there. <laughs> my tenure within the corporate world. Um, I was only there for like, I think six months. Okay. So I didn't really establish a strong base, mm-hmm. um, but I made it work. I just, you know, I just pivoted and I hustled and grinded. And I knew that despite the challenges that were set in front of me, I just knew this is what I really wanted to do. And I was going to make it work. Well, you know, three is not a bad number because at that point I would say that um, you can, you know, chime in if, if I'm wrong, but at that mm-hmm. point you are establishing something completely new for yourself um, by yourself. Um, you're developing brand new structures, testing things out probably. Um, and you probably want to do that with, you know, minimal numbers of clients, uh, to make, mm-hmm. to make sure you get it right. So that once you do build that database and we'll talk about, you know, what your, what your clients, um, look like now today. Um, but you know, once you get to a point where you have your routine, you have your structure, you've got those three clients and you've got that solidified, it's just, a lot. I can imagine it'd be a lot easier to roll out to roll out um, that business plan across a much larger number of clients, right? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, they they're still with me, and I'm so grateful for them because they allowed me a lot of trial and error. Um, and I would say they were my sort of like test market, and I was mm-hmm. able to build a system around that. Um, and they were also great in terms of like word of mouth and referrals. So it nice. was, it was a, it was a rough start, but I'm happy. I'm happy that I took the leap. So you have a business now, uh, that is called power in movement and that's also yes. your Instagram handle, right? Yes. Correct. Okay. So what, what is, tell, tell us a little bit about what that looks like for you today. Um, the name of my business or just like the name and what your objective is. Okay. Um, so power and movement sort of like, again, it really ties in to why I got into the industry in the first place and the power of movement. And I think a lot of us just look at movement as uh, aesthetic goal. Mm. Uh, we don't realize the innate power that movement has within our internal structure, you know, not just the physical aspect of it. Mm -hmm. It's just like the mental aspect, the emotional wellness of it. 
So for me, that's how I, you know, got the name of yeah. my business structured. Um, and also the power it gives you in your daily life. I mean, when I work out, I just feel like a badass, honestly. <laughs> I, <laughs> you are. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like I could conquer the world. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go. If I can do that, yeah. if I push through that, I can do anything. Yeah. So the power to propel and to move forward with your life, I think it's really integrated with fitness mm-hmm. and moving. So I really wanted to drive that message that, you know, yes, aesthetically, it's great. It's a great byproduct of it. But there are other internal factors that really count and really matter. Um, So that's how I sort of like came up with my business. And for me, it's really about helping men and women make healthy and smart weight loss and movement strategies. Because it. it's really, it's really hard for a lot of people, but there's so much that we're being inundated with in the internet. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do I decipher what's worth my time? How do I decipher what's going to lead me to my goal? So I really want to help curate, you know, a roadmap to help people like, okay, do you want to lose fat? Do you want to lose weight? Do you want to gain muscle? Here's your roadmap. Here's a smart strategy on how to get there. Nice. Nice. Love that great objective, powerful name, no, no pun intended. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> and so thanks for sharing about that. And we can talk through how um, my listeners can get to know a little bit more about your business and contact you um, towards the end of this podcast. Okay. So listen, I am really big on names. Okay. I, I just mm-hmm. <laughs> two, two solo episodes ago, um, I, I recorded an episode all about, you know, our names, right? Our names as people of color, our names from people who have um, African heritage. Um, you and I both have Nigerian heritage. Um, for me, I have always been the kind of person that sees the value of the meaning of a name, which is why mm-hmm. I asked you about the meaning of your business and why you chose those words and the name to represent who you are. Um, and I think the reason why I feel so passionate about it is because, you know, us as Nigerians, um, you know, I, I, I know we don't name our kids names that just sound nice. Okay. It's mm-hmm. not something yep. we do. <laughs> we name um, our kids names that basically are prophesying what they're going to become in mm-hmm. the future. Okay. So anyway, I did a whole solo episode about that um, two episodes ago. Um, if any of you out there resonate with this and want to listen, please go back and, and, and have a listen about listen to it. Um, it's it, For me, it's one of those things where I have definitely lived that life where people want to break down my name or call me something completely different because it's difficult for them to pronounce it and they won't even mm. try. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, no, you can't do that. I haven't offered you that. I have not offered you a shortened version of my name. If I haven't, you will call me Oluwatumininu. You will call me my full name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that is right. <laughs> um, and Oluwa, that's, that's powerful right there. Yes, so. <laughs> yes. It's like you have no idea what you're cutting out of my name. You have no clue. Anyway. Important part. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, um, back to you. Let's hear the pronunciation of your name and let's understand um, uh, what it means and also what it means to you. Okay. Um, so my name is Kende Andrew. 
And I just want to preface this by saying, um, you know, I want to be as authentic as, as, as transparent as I, as I can here, especially when it comes to the history with my name. Mm. And um, when I moved from Nigeria to the States um, and I went to, I, I, I was in the Central Valley. So I think it was north from Sacramento, a really quaint town called Atwater, and it's it lacked diversity. Okay. And I would say in my high school, I was able to count about um, like five black students that I could, you know, in your whole high with. school. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. And I remember being embarrassed of my name in high school. Mm. It happens. And. Yeah, you know, I just, people couldn't pronounce my name. It became like this big story. And I deliberately shortened my name. I know you said that you were like very adamant about people calling your name. Mm-hmm. Um, in high school, I was very deliberate about, you know, just call me Candy. Mm, candy, got you know? it. Okay. Yeah, and I regret that. I absolutely regret that to this day because Candy has sort of took in this identity and it's sort of like been embedded in my subconscious because mm-hmm. when I introduce myself to people, I automatically say candy. You do today. And yeah. Yeah. Still to today. Okay. So I'm trying to unlearn, mm. not unlearning the embarrassment or whatever. I don't feel embarrassed anymore. I, I love my name. I love my culture, mm-hmm. but unlearning that automation of just saying, can- I mean, candy and not saying kind of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when I first moved here in high school, kids are, you know, they're mean and they're not really nice. So that really affected me and I shortened it. Mm-hmm. So I've been working really hard and just leading with it's candy, not candy. Nice. Um, and I love my name. It's part of my identity. You know, candy means second twin. Mm-hmm. And in, in Yoruba, it means kende, which means the one that came after. Mm-hmm. So I do have a, a Taiwo. Yes. Yep, I'm a twin. Yep, I'm a twin. I do have a Taiwo. Um, so, and I have a bunch of other names that have a h- huge importance and significance and the meaning behind them are, are amazing. I don't, I don't want to lose that, mm-hmm. but it's sort of taking on this weird internal battle of saying, okay, this is your name. Don't say candy. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it just... It seems like you're not proud of it, yeah. but I am. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm learning that automation of saying, oh, call me Candy. And sometimes I get in a point where, you know, if I know that my name is such a huge conversation starter and people have been so very, they've been sweet about like, oh, no, how do you say it? How do you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. I really want to get it. Mm-hmm. Some days I just don't have the capacity to sit there and oh have a God. lengthy conversation I know. about my name or, you know, how to say it correctly. So sometimes I do intentionally say, you know what, it's candy. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. But it doesn't mean that I'm just not proud of my name or I don't want to have that name. I love my name and mm-hmm. I'm 100% proud of where I come from. I thank you so much for being transparent uh, about your name and, you know, what you've gone through. I, I just think that it's, I want to have more of these conversations with, you know, mm-hmm. w- women who have names that, you know, um, might be not the, not so much the easiest to pronounce. <laughs> so again, thank you so much for being open about talking about your name. I mean, we all, we all go through this. Um, 
I definitely have. And, you know, please let me clarify. I have been called to me for all of my life, even though it is the short form of Oluwa Tumininu. Um, I don't go around introducing myself as Oluwa Tumininu um, purely because, you know, in my immediate family, I've always been called to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there, there have been instances where, you know, when I was at school uh, at a young age, my name in full would be listed on the register, right? So say you come back from the playground after break and your teacher goes around the room to check to make sure all the kids are in class. Like when she would get to my name, there would be this pause. It'll be like, a, oh, mm. silence. Oh my God, yes. Yes, yeah. I relate to that. Yes. And, and you know what? It's very... It's like, I don't know what it is. And I still, I feel that emotion that I felt in high school where you just know when they pause, it's your name. Oh my God. And the spotlight is on you. You feel uncomfortable. You're like, oh my God, I have to teach her how to pronounce my name. It's going to be another five minutes of roll calling. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And that is why a lot of us, and you know, are more open to shortening our name because we don't want to go through that embarrassment, that moment of responding to the silence yes miss you know she didn't even try mm-hmm. but the, the, the space yep. the silence mm-hmm. ends up being your name and you own up to that and say yes miss so yeah, um uh-huh. <laughs> anyway look I could have a whole conversation with you about this um I want to talk more about your fitness journey um okay so fitness is clearly a priority for you um and you've mm-hmm. shared you shared why why should it be a priority for women of color? Of course, this is, you know, and I say that because predominantly, you know, the people that are, the people that are listening um, to this episode are women and are women of color. It's, you know, who I'm really trying to curate more and more conversations around our community. So I'm sure there are health benefits of fitness for everybody. But is there any mm-hmm, reason yep. why women of color specifically should be paying attention to this area? Um, so historically, just knowing our history with, um, America and Europe and just, you know, being marginalized, especially within the African American community, there's a huge segment of our community that's heavily marginalized and we don't really have access to resources. And I feel like the fitness is a resource that should be easily accessible to women of color in particular, mm-hmm. um, just because we really don't have, and I, I feel like a lot of people think that it's a luxury for mm-hmm. a specific demographic and a lot of, um, African-American women don't really prioritize it right? because it's seen as a luxury. For me, it's not a luxury. It's something that's a necessity. It's vital. It's part of like your healthcare system. Yeah. So it's really, it's really hard when um, fitness studios, fitness companies are making it very inaccessible. Like it's being curated as, as a luxury, but it's not a luxury. Mm. You know, it's part of health healthcare, and I feel like everyone should have an easy access to adopting um, fitness into their lifestyle. And it's really important for us too, in terms of like mortality rate mm. uh, when it comes to African American women the things we struggle with when it comes to um, hemorrhoids. So mm-hmm. it's important that we incorporate this into our lifestyle to expand our um, our life's uh, age as well. And I know that for us, it's also just seen as 
aesthetics, 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 aesthetics. Mm. And it's, it's really, we have to start looking beyond the aesthetics and realizing now it's really important just for cardiovascular health. Um, there's been studies that's been done with fitness, um, resistance training, cardiovascular training, how that really helps and expands your, your lifespan. So I think if we start to look at it from that lens and not just purely aesthetic, a lot of us will start to incorporate it into our lifestyle. Great point. What is it that, um, you know, some of us, why do we think that this is a luxury, that fitness, caring for our health is a luxury? Like, where does that come from? I don't know. Um, Mm. I think it's the audience the audience and the messaging. And I think it's partially due to media as well. Um, like when I look at big brands like women's health, men's health, oxygen magazine, okay. Magazine shape magazine. When I scroll through their feed, when I scroll through the magazines, I don't see someone that I can identify with. Right. I see. And these are brands that are, they're owning the agency. They're owning the, you know, the platform when it comes to health and fitness, they're the ones disseminating all the resources, all the information. Mm-hmm. So when you're not able to identify with who you are, you, you, you think, okay, I guess this is not accessible to me. Mm-hmm. It's curated specifically for this demographic. It's a luxury brand. Um, and what I'm trying to do now is like partner up with these brands. So that way a black girl can say, oh, that's me right there. Right. That's me right there. There we don't you don't see that much of us within like these platforms at all. And I think that's where it comes from partially with the messaging and the way the media is being curated around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love that you're doing the work to change, you know, to change this dynamic by partnering with these brands. Um I guess the question that pops up in my mind is, are there any resources out there um, that are fitness related, health, you know, minded that specifically speak to um, people of color? Are there many resources? I mean, there aren't many at all, but is there there one or two that you know? Not, no, not really. So there's an opportunity there. Yeah, there is. There is. And I don't really, I don't know. um, it's It's the same thing with, delineating like um, when you go to stores and mm. you're looking for hair care products and it's specific to just okay this is the african-american section yeah. i'm like okay i get it but it's curly hair you know and yes our hair is different but i just feel like it sh- we shouldn't be separated we mm-hmm. should be integrated mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh my um, gosh Considering I work, yeah. at, considering <laughs> I work for a hair care brand that is that is all about mm-hmm. you know texture and curls and coils and waves. Don't get me started on this subject. Like we have these <laughs> conversations all the time. Should we have separate aisles so that it's easier to know exactly where to go to go pick up our products, or should we be integrated? Oh my god! So clearly you are an integration. Like let's let's all be together in one happy mm-hmm. aisle and um, shop that way. Like that, that's your thing. You don't, you don't necessarily think that there needs to be a separation of fitness for any kind of, um, different demographics, right? Not at all. It's a human body. It's a human body. You know, there's nothing different about that biologically and Mm -hmm. we're all going to do the same thing and move the same way. So we should be represented a lot more. So that way we could, identify with ourselves when it comes to like the publications and we realize, okay, 
this is not just for a specific demographic. I can do this as well. Okay, so clearly, you know, you have your, you've got your, your business power and movement. Um, you have your clients. Um, you, you do share some of the workouts and results of the clients that you are working with on social media, on Instagram, which is great. Um, I, I do have, I really want to kind of dig in and understand like when you recruit new clients, okay, and they're about to start working out with you and, you know, you're working out a plan for them. Are there any popular like concerns or myths that you hear from most of your clients that you're always like, oh, not this again, like as it, <laughs> as it, as it pertains to working out or nutrition, health, I want you to dispel some of those myths. Uh, the one that I get the most is it's particularly from women. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're like, I don't want to get too muscular. I don't want to build too much mass. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just they don't understand the the work it takes. And they have to follow a specific training method to create that sort of adaptation that they don't want. And it's hard work. Mm. So a lot of women always, they, they think if they lift anything heavier than five pounds, they're just <laughs> going to be brolic. So it's, I always have to like comfort them and say, listen, look at me, you know, I lift pretty heavy, but I am not brolic. Mm-hmm. And, um, it takes a specific protocol to get there. And a lot of my female clients, they want to lose fat. They want to lose weight. So they're not going to get that big because that that requires you to consume a lot more calories. Okay. But they're going to be consuming less since they want to lose weight. So they're, they're not going to look like that anyway. So I always have to say, don't you worry. You can lift more than five pounds. You're <laughs> not going to, you know, put on like 10 pounds of muscle overnight. And that takes a lot of time and dedication anyway. Yeah, that's that's an education thing, because I remember when I kind mm-hmm. of first started really considering fitness and what that means for me I definitely was one of those people I was like I don't want to lift too Mm -hmm. heavy I already have broad shoulders so I'm always conscious of making like emphasizing that any further Um, or at least I was Mm -hmm. when I first started but you know once you start listening to you know fitness um you know certified fitness instructors like yourself or trainers etc and you access the resources that are out there, whether it's, you know, articles, studies, podcasts, etc. Like you learn that that's, that just doesn't happen. It takes a lot, a lot mm-hmm. to really get to that level of um, um, body change per se. Absolutely. And I was there too. You know, I had spares around it. I was like, well, I'm also very broad and top mm-hmm. and I didn't want to accentuate that. I felt like, oh my God, if I do a push up or if I do a pull up, it's going to yes. like exaggerate. But no. So, so I understand it. And I always try to comfort them. And, you know, and I also go at their pace. And even though I verbally say, OK, if we live five pounds, you're not going to put on that much muscle mass. I still don't just throw weights at them. I incrementally ease them up to it. So they like mm-hmm. kind of feel comfortable. That makes a lot of sense. OK, mm-hmm. so look, we're now living in this world of COVID-19. Okay, it's coronavirus mm. that is, has taken the world by storm. How has this impacted you and your business? Um, I would say, luckily, I have not been severely impacted. Um, 
outside of my physical gym being closed, Mm -hmm. I was able to pivot my business and get a bunch of my clients to start training virtually. Okay. Um, and I did that right away when I realized, okay, I have, I don't have access to my physical gym. So I just kind of reached out to a bunch of my clients who were interested in training virtually. I sent out a shopping list of equipment to purchase Mm -hmm. and then they kind of just came on board with me. Not all of them came on board. I would say half of like my clientele is with me. Um, I'm still, yeah, I'm still able to average about like 20 sessions per week. Nice. Um, so it's it's been great. I think I just, you know, just got my clients on board and just pivoted right away. So luckily it hasn't been, um, it hasn't changed a lot. The only change is I'm just training, but I'm just training virtually now. So when you were prior to COVID-19, were your sessions physical only or did you do any virtual sessions at all? I never did any virtual sessions. Nice. And quite frankly, to be honest, I was against it. <laughs> mm, yeah. Why though? Um, I'm sure I know the reason why, but I'd love to hear from you. I think it was partially my fear and not stepping out of my comfort zone. And I just felt like the only way that I can make a strong impact is having my clients like right there in real time. Yeah. But I'm realizing, okay, this is taking me out of my comfort zone and I can still make the same impact with my clients. It's like they're still getting that same, you know, movement correction, individualized training session. I'm just doing it from a screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I think also, you know, you have like your colleagues that you look up to in the fitness industry and some of them, you know, they they look down on online training and mm. you internalize that messaging. And I was like, you know what? This is amazing because... I could reach out to a lot more people and have access to a bunch of people who need me mm-hmm. um, with this with this model. And I think it's a model that I'm going to adopt and take on after COVID is um, is over. Well, that was gonna. That's exactly what I was going to ask you. Once this is all done, like, how does this um, like? Is this something that you're going to continue to maintain? Are you going to balance virtual and physical training? I think I'm going to do both. Um, I start. I started to dabble with. I did some giveaways on my social media and, um, I've trained women from in India, in Morocco and, um, international. Yeah. Yeah. International. And they're so sweet and we're just connecting and they're so happy. They could, they could train with me. So for them, I I would certainly adopt that model and I really just want to be able to reach out to them and they're all women of color. So if I could, you know, expand my services to them and reach them, I'm certainly going to do that. And my clients are, they're going to go back to, you know, one-on-one training, but a lot of them, they have told me like, if I'm traveling or if I can't make to the gym, let's do the virtual sessions as like an an add-on. I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah. Great. That's, that's incredible. I think the, one of the Mm -hmm. biggest um, blessings out of all of this is the fact that you have more reach. You can train people mm-hmm. regardless of where they mm-hmm. are in the world. Um, so that's that's awesome. That is really awesome. Absolutely. Yep. <clears throat> all right. So we are trapped in our homes because we are all in shelter in place and quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people are taking this as an opportunity to eat more and move mm. less. Um, mm. So listen, I'm one of those people that when this whole thing is done, I'm not trying to come out looking like I've let go. 
Okay, like I, I, I've been trying. I've been trying. You'd be proud of me. I've been doing my daily workouts. Um, Yay! Yeah, I already had some kettlebells and some resistant bands, resistance bands. Uh, so I have my own little routine going on, and I, I try to, um, you know, because obviously my gym's closed too. I think the biggest piece of equipment that I miss is my, is the barbell rack. You know, because I can't do my mm-hmm. my deadlifts, I can't do my barbell squats. Oh, um, I miss barbells. <laughs> I miss barbells. So the other day, I got my um, sixteen kg kettlebell out, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do some sumo squats and pretend that this is some kind of deadlift um, <laughs> variation. Yeah. But, yes, love it. So, how can we like? What is your recommendation? How can we keep moving while we're home how can we get these workouts in during quarantine and are there any basic equipment um, needs that we can order from wherever it is to ensure that we're Mm -hmm. effective at home yep um I mean truthfully even for me it's been a transitional period and it took me a while to adopt to the model of training at home um I'm such a big barbell iron girl. So I love going to the gym and mm-hmm. being in that space kind of gets me in the zone. And I never really liked working out at home. I never did prior to this. Mm-hmm. But again, I had to adapt. I had to get out of my comfort zone. And I would just tell everyone out there is start slow. Start slow. Don't overwhelm yourself. Um, there are also like a lot of free resources out there right now. A lot of live workouts. Mm-hmm. If that would be your boost to get you started, I would say do that. Um, cause I know a lot of people are very intimidated about, okay, I don't really have the resources to purchase any kettlebells or resistance bands or any sort of weight. Mm-hmm. You could use your own body weight. I would say start with live workouts cause that way you have someone instructing you. You don't have to think about anything. You don't have to worry about, okay, what do I do with my body? Um, and that would sort of kind of get you up and going, for those who don't like that method, what they can do is start with a simple thing as a jump rope. Oh, okay. You know, we just yeah, got one. Yeah, that's it. That's we just got a couple okay. last week. I haven't, I haven't oh, even perfect. started. My, my husband's been better at this whole thing <laughs> than me. I'm not Good. great at cardio, at cardio work. I like weights. Mm-hmm. So I need to get my mind around me, that. Me too. Same. Oh, I don't like conditioning and, Mm -mm. um, yeah, I don't like it, but I would say jump roping. It's, it's not intimidating. Um, you know, you get a lot of conditioning there. And also it's also, I think a great way to actually get people moving because now that we're just sort of like stuck indoors, I think a lot of people are starting to realize that, Oh God, I'm not moving as often and I need to move. You know, my sister has been complaining about her back, you know, mm-hmm. feeling achy and not moving often. And I think it's also a realization for people to say, you know what, I really need to start moving. Mm-hmm. So I would say start slow. It could be just like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Um, there are resources. A lot of um, fitness programs are doing live and free workouts. Start mm-hmm. with that. Get a jump rope. And then if you feel like, okay. Um, I feel great. They can start experimenting with getting like, um, kettlebells or, well, I don't even start with kettlebells yet. They can sort of get resistance bands. Yeah. Um, on Amazon or perform better is a good source. Uh, I think Dickies is also a good source too. Okay. Um, so you said, cause Amazon right now shipping is like significantly delayed. Yeah. So they could go to perform better, perform better and, and Dickies. Yeah. 
and Dickies. Okay. Um, yeah, those are good sources. I think I remember you posting something on your Insta story. You had um, like a pull-up bar mounted somewhere yes. in your in your apartment. Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah, we're, we're considering getting one, actually. Um, it's funny because my husband years ago was always like, oh, yeah, you know, one day when we live together, we should get like a pull-up bar, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hell no, those things are ugly. I don't want to see that <laughs> in, the, in the vicinity of our apartment. And now just last week, you, you posted your story and I was like, huh, hmm. And then I texted you, I messaged you and I was like, so can you send me over that link? Um, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I'm telling you, like, I, I'm very competitive with myself. So I'm one of those people that um, I, if I want to achieve something or do something or whatever it is, like, I can't think of anything other than that. So for me, when it comes to workouts, it's pull-ups, um, chin-ups. I cannot do them. I think I can do like half right? And for me, that is like half a rep, that is, guys, in case you didn't interpret what I just said. <laughs> so I've, I've kind of figured out ways to, you know, uh, I guess, learn how to do it. So I, you know, I use the, the you know, the long body band and kind of like stick yeah. my, stick my um, shin through, through the hoop there. And mm-hmm. it gives me a little bit of leverage to kind of manage the um, upward and downward motion of the pull-up or the chin-up but it still gives me the um, the motion of you know pulling up without using like a a machine right because it's you're you're loosely hung if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Um, it's really hard to explain but I'm learning that way and that way I can do I don't know I think six to eight reps um, which mm-hmm. mentally for my ego is great, but also, <laughs> but also it's teaching me the movement, I guess. Um, I just want to get to the point where I don't need that band anymore, but. Don't I, need it. Yeah. I, yeah. So that's, that's my challenge. I mean, parts. I think you're doing great. You're doing great with the band. I think that's a great start. Yay. Have you recently tested a, like a, just one rep without the band yet? I have. Yeah, I have. And that's why I said I could only do half. Um, oh, okay. you mean bef- you mean before I started with the band or after I started with the band? No, af- after the band, have you just tested it out without no, the band? No, I'm, I'm, my ego okay. is concerned of being shot. <laughs> okay. No, I think if you're getting about like eight reps in with the band, you certainly can get one. Okay. With one body weight without the band. And I think that's a huge milestone because pull-ups are, sig- they're hard. Yeah. They're difficult. Um, and if you can't get one without, um, the band, what you can do is when you go back to the band. Mm-hmm. So when you pull up on the way down, go really slow. That's when you're more, that's when you build a lot of strength okay. and you get stronger in that position. So it's called like this centric phase. It's when you lower yourself down. Okay. So as you pull yourself up, when you come down, just count to five, like one, two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. And do that for about eight reps for like a week and then retest the second week. Okay. And you should, you should nail one good body weight pull up by then. I love that. Okay. I'm going to do that. So that's called <laughs> the, that's called the eccentric phase you said? Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. Cool. All right. I'm going to give that a try. I'm going to give that a try. Mm-hmm. We are going to find, um, get a chin up bar here or a pull up bar for the apartment, I think. Yay. Um, we'll do it. We'll do it. Okay, so <laughs> what are your thoughts on body weight um, exercises versus um, working out with weights? Do you have a preference? Is, is one better to do in one instance than the other? 
Um, so personally, I, my preference would be weights. Mm -hmm. It's just based on the results and adaptation I'm looking for. Um, I, I need progressive overload to achieve that. Um, I wouldn't say one is better than the other. It just depends what you're trying to achieve. Right. But I'm liking, and I'm loving exploring my body weight and the, they're difficult for me because I've been just strictly you know, lifting weights. I haven't really explored much with utilizing my own body weight, which mm-hmm. I'm loving right now. Okay. But I do know it's, it, it's for me, I want to gain weight. I want to gain lean muscle mass. Yeah. So for me to have that specific adaptation happen, I need to lift weights. Got it. You know, um, there's only so much you can get from body weight, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to building lean muscle mass. So as a preference, I certainly love my weight. Um, but there is, you know, it's just about, okay, what do you want? Like, what's the outcome you you desire? Mm-hmm. Um, and I always tell people, don't think about what the best method is. Just think about what the outcome is. What, what's your goal? Um, what can aid in that goal and get you there faster? And what do you enjoy that you can sustain? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Cause I'm not a big fan of shoving things down people's throat. Like, no, do this. This is, you know, I don't follow like very rigid structures because yeah. I want to make sure, okay, if you're not enjoying this, it's not going to be sustainable. Right. At all. Yeah. So, but uh, I'm a weights girl. I, I, I want to, I can't wait to get back to the barbells. <laughs> Listen, so what are you doing? Like, what is your, what is the alternative to, to a barbell rack for, so you know, I have, I have two kettlebells here. You do. Um, and what I'm incorporating is, yeah, it's just doing a lot more volume, mm-hmm. a lot more repetitions, more sets, um, spending more time under tension. And all that means is, for instance, like I told you with eccentric portion, yep. like if I'm doing a squat, as I lower myself into that squat, I'm slowly descending. So I'm counting to about five seconds mm-hmm. and I hold it on the bottom for about two seconds. So that allows me to create more external load and just like hang out there for a lot much longer. What you do as an alternative to barbells is just using some kettlebells and just slowing down the movements and spending more time under tension as well. More time on the tension. Okay. Okay. I have a couple of questions on um, goals, right? Because you have some people, mm-hmm. you know, a group of people who are looking to, you know, shed fat, drop those pounds, lean out. And you have those who want to build mass, you know, um, et cetera. So can you share a couple of um, considerations that each of those groups need to bear in mind in order to achieve those results? So let's talk about those who want to drop those pounds. Like what do they need to consider in order to um, get those results? Okay. Um, So people who want to lose lose weight, I would say the most important thing is consistency. Consistency. Um, I know we're always, yeah, consistency, Uh, more exposure, more exposure. It's not really about like the best movement, the best diet. It's you just showing up and being consistent Um, as well as your nutrition. Nutrition is very important with weight loss. um, And it's just about cutting back on your caloric intake. Mm-hmm. And I know that's really hard for a lot of people to do, but I don't really follow the method of counting calories. I just don't think it's sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I just don't think it's a model that we want to adopt and like implement into our lifestyle. It's just not, it's not sustainable at all. So what I like to say is eliminate overly processed foods because that in turn, that in itself would eliminate a bunch of like excess calories we're consuming. So the fried foods, the, um, the breads, um, Mm -hmm. the white carbs, I wouldn't say eliminate all carbs because we do need carbs for fuel. Yep. But there's a difference with low impact and high impact carbs. So I'll say focus more on the low impact carbs. So you have your brown rice, you have your sweet potatoes, um, you have your farro, you have your lentils. The high impact carbs, I would say like they're the overly highly processed foods, like the white bread, the white flour. We can reduce that, mm-hmm. um, incorporating a lot more protein. Okay. Into our diet. Are there any good proteins? Are there any, I mean, I don't want to say good proteins, but are there any uh, Mm go-to proteins that you would recommend to dial into our diets? Um, Meat is a good resource. I know a lot of people are, might follow like a vegan diet. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a a nutrition agnostic, so I do not prescribe to a certain like like nutritional protocol. And I'll just say do it work do what, what you want to do and what works best for you. Cause they all follow the same overarching thing. It's about eliminating elimination. Mm-hmm. So if that helps you, that's fine. But I wouldn't prescribe a specific diet to anyone because they all follow the same protocol. It's just eliminating a specific uh, food group, yeah. whether that's paleo or being vegan or whatever it is. And also th- their messaging is all the same is eating healthy, nutritious, whole foods. Got it. Okay. Now what about those who want to build out and add mass and want big butts? Like <laughs> what should they be <laughs> what they should they be considering? It's almost the same thing. It is. Consistency. You, yeah, you, you have to lift weight. You have to lift. Um okay. if you're trying to build muscle mass, you have to lift weight. Um and you want to seek out a professional who could structure a program for you. So that way you're making progressions. Um, and you're following specific protocols to achieve the outcome that you desire. Mm -hmm. So weightlifting, incorporate a a, a good program, consistency and nutrition. So the nutritional protocol for people who want to gain new muscle mass is just eating more. And when I say eating more, I don't mean like eating bad stuff, but eating more of the good stuff as well. Like for me, uh, a huge component of my journey is to add lean muscle mass and to gain weight. So I struggle with consuming a lot more calories. I'm just a hot furnace. I burn quite easily. Yeah. So um, I tend to make like my breakfast really big, my lunch really big, my dinner really big, and I incorporate two snacks in between. Oh my God, I cannot do it. Listen, we need yeah. to talk <laughs> offline because I, I, I don't, I would not call myself a hot furnace, um, you know, no, mm-hmm. but I, I just cannot <laughs> consume a lot. I can't consume a lot. Like breakfast for mm-hmm. me is a challenge. Okay. And I know people mm-hmm. always tell you, you know, eat like a king at the beginning of the day and then, you know, a pauper at the, by dinner time. But, you know, for me, breakfast will be, you know, some variant of a, of a shake or a juice, juice even, or um, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, a little pot of sheep's milk yogurt that I like to have with some honey. That's it. And that's pushing it for me. I can't. Because if I have mm. a big breakfast, I will not eat lunch. And I probably will have a very small dinner. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I just have um, a small stomach or 
I don't know, but I do know that, yes, I am somebody that does want to build mass, you know, like you. Mm -hmm. And I am very aware that in order for me to do that, I need to eat more and I have to find a way. I I just, it's just not natural to me. Mm -hmm. No, I totally understand. My sister's the same way. It's not natural to her. And she's like, I don't understand how you eat so much, but I feel like, um, I've just sort of built that, like my body craves and I'm so active. So Mm. I do, you know, crave more consumption, but you can sneak it in, in your smoothies. You could put like a, you could blend an oatmeal, bananas, a protein shake in there. Yeah. Um, some healthy fats, blend that. Okay. And you don't feel like, oh, I have this huge meal in front of me that I can uptake. But if you blend it all in, like you normally do, mm-hmm. but integrating more hearty stuff in there, I think that'll be like a good strategy for you. Oh, um, it's like you're in my kitchen. <laughs> Because I, so the, the smoothie that I make, right, I'm going to tell you what my ingredients are and you can tell me yay or nay or add more or add less, right? So I will normally mm-hmm. have a, um, um, I, okay, so my base is some kind of milk and I don't do dairy um, milk specifically, not because I'm allergic or anything like that or have, um, you know, lactose intolerance or anything like that. I just, I just mm-hmm. prefer my almond milks or my oat milks. So that's my base. Then I would throw in a frozen banana so I put banana in there um, and it's only frozen because, you know, I, I buy a bunch of bananas and, you know, they spoil very quickly. So what I tend to do is put them in the freezer and then... Oh, me too. Yeah, there you go. And then when yeah. I need one, I just mm-hmm. take it out, leave it out on the side for five minutes. And when I'm ready to throw it in my smoothie, it's, you know, it's thawed out and it's it yeah. acts as my ice as well because it's, you know, chilled. Mm-hmm. So yep. I'll throw that in there. <laughs> then I throw in two scoops of my favorite um protein powder so right now i use organifi um and it's a it's a vegan powder um they have uh the vanilla flavor i think is the one that i use and it's it's really lovely so i put in two scoops of that um half an avocado um a couple dates i think just to sweeten it and then a teaspoon Mm -hmm. of um cacao nibs i like the the sort of texture that it you know, generates when I blend it in, in my little Vitamix thing. Um, I think that's probably everything that goes in there. It's so delicious. I have to say it is so <laughs> yummy. Um, what does that sound like to you? Is that, is that like the ingredients wise, is that kind of good? Um, is there something else I should be thinking to throw in there? I think it's great. Uh, it's great. Um, just from like a nutritional standpoint, based on your goal, I would definitely ha- had like more hearty stuff in there, like the the oatmeal. Like you could put the oatmeal there to blend. Oh yeah, um, yeah. If you could throw like some almond butter in there oh, as well, I do do that. I do do that. Oh I good. Forgot. Okay. Good, good, good. Yep. Um, and sometimes you can even put some avocado. It yeah. gives it like a really nice milky consistency. Yeah. So I would just say add more fats, add more like really good carbs, um, like the oats, could throw that in there as well. That and I, I think great. you're good to go. Just making it more hearty mm-hmm. so you can have like more calories in there. And is it a thing, look, we're having a little session here. I didn't mean for it to go down this direction. <laughs> <laughs> no, <But> it's okay. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it like, should you, it's not a matter of right or wrong or should or shouldn't, but is it mm-hmm. worth having more than one of those types of shakes a day or, or no? So based on your patterns, I would say you probably could incorporate another one of those, like a snack. Okay. Um, 
since you're not really to just make up just to make up of like, you know, not really consuming that much. Like you, like you say, you don't. Yeah. So I would say you could do that again as lunch, um, eat a really nice hearty, um, like dinner and like a post lunch as well. But it's, it's hard. It's, it's really hard because yes, we're, we're trying to gain and we're consuming a lot of calories and people are like, well, it shouldn't be hard. Just eat, but we're not eating like processed foods. We're eating like really healthy, nutritious foods. Yeah. Um, and that in itself could be like really hard because I'm not just sitting here gobbling down the burger. Like exactly. That could be, that's, that's, that's easy. I can eat five burgers if I want to. But again, (laughs) we know that (laughs) we know the side effect of that is not really desirable. So, um, but yeah, you definitely have to start consuming a lot more. You could sneak it in within your smoothies, have about two of those a day. Okay. Um, and as is like a snack and eat a nice, like, um, a nice lunch and a nice like dinner. Okay. All right. So this is my promise to you and to everyone listening and to myself, most importantly, is that next week I am going to incorporate two smoothies a day. Oh my God. This is going to be interesting. See if I can uh, stomach it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, but while we're on the subject, before we move off, move off of uh, nutrition, what are your thoughts on protein shakes and supplements? Are they truly effective? Is that something that you encourage your clients to um, to take up as part of their roadmap, or or not really? See, I don't. Not really, because okay. here's the thing: people are trying to look for the the best biohack, the best this and. I feel like we're we're really better at just eliminating than adding. Mm. You know, like we're just inundated with so much things that we don't really end up using them long term. So it's just really evaluating your methods and saying, okay, let me just eliminate this. And you're going to just move forward a lot quicker than you would expect as opposed to just adding more Right. Much more like supplementation. I'm not really a big fan of it. I don't prescribe that method to my clients. Um, One like one easy strategy I tell people when it comes to weight loss, too, is sleep and stress. Oh, my gosh. Those two things are they go hand in hand. And I get told by my husband all the time that I don't get enough sleep. At all. Yeah, um, if I go for the the lowest hanging fruit, yeah, um, okay. see what you could do better. Like sleeping is so important, and if you're not sleeping, you're constantly in fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Your nervous system is is just constantly going. You're just you're not going back into your your parasitic nervous system, mm-hmm. your rest and digest, and that could spark a lot of side effects, like with you know cortisol, and that's a hormone. And that hormone also leads leads to um, weight gain. So simple strategies of just sleeping better, making sure you're getting like at least seven to eight hours of sleep, and mm-hmm. reducing your stress, practicing more mindfulness. And mm-hmm. um, those things are very very important. So it's not really about adding, just evaluating and seeing. Okay, what can I change, and what can I eliminate? But no, sleep is just it's incredibly underrated. As like when I tell my clients. Like, oh, should I take a supplementation? I'm like, no. I'm like, what's your lifestyle like? What's your sleep like? And I say, let's work in that. Let's use that as one of our strategies um, towards your goals. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the supplement um, so. is sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the supplement is sleep. Yes. <laughs> sleep. All right. Love that. All right. So let, I, I want to touch on beauty, okay? I work in beauty. People know mm-hmm. that. We touched on that earlier on. Just real quick. Hair. <laughs> 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, how many times have you heard women, um, you know, tell you or I've said it. I've definitely said it. You know, there was definitely a time when I was like, I'm not working out. I don't want to work out. Are you kidding me? I just had a blowout. Like, if I mm-hmm. sweat out my blowout, then I've just, you know, thrown $200 down the drain or however much it costs. Like, it's one of those things that tends to prevent a lot of women, especially women of color, from working out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, has that ever happened to you? Is that, I mean, I'm guessing not so much now, but was that something yeah. you ever went through? Not so much now because I, I transitioned. I, I'm, I'm a natural now. Mm-hmm. But before I became a natural, um, I had permed hair, but it was short. I had like a, sh- uh, like a Halle Berry hairdo. Mm-hmm. Um that did that did uh, provide some challenges, but I didn't let it hinder me because I was like, nah, I'm not choosing between my hair or my health. I'm going to work out. Right. So I would always wear like a, I had the short hair permed. I would always wear like a headband mm-hmm. um, just to kind of keep my hair intact and to just stabilize it and so I don't sweat too much of my perm. Yep. But that became really annoying because mm-hmm. I would always have to like, okay, go home blow dry the hair, I would always have to flatten, flat iron my hair consistently. And I was like, well, this can't be healthy. Right. And it's just too time consuming. So I was like, you know what? Let me just go natural. My twin sister has been a natural for five years. Okay. And I just said, all right, let me transition. And I started to kind of grow my hair out. Um, and I think about two and a half years ago, I caught off the relax end. And it's just been, now I don't even have an issue. I throw it up in a bun yep. or I leave it out in a fro curly I work out, doesn't hinder me, I'm ready to go. But I, from my experience with just having that perm short hair, I can see how it could be difficult for a lot of women of color to just work out mm-hmm. because they don't want to sweat out their hair or they're wearing weaves or extensions. Um, I, I just say I'm not here to tell anyone what they should do, how they should wear their hair, but... I can, I, I know how it could be very limiting. And it, again, it's expensive. It's an it's a upkeep that that's like... You know, it's a huge commitment when it comes to, you know, spending a lot of money on your hair. But I just didn't allow it to hinder me. I just said, you know, I'm going to make it work. And I just, you know, that was one of the reasons why it went natural, actually, because I was tired of like, you know, blow drying their hair after I worked out or flat ironing my hair. Yep. Yep. I hear you on that. I mean, look, the question you where we are really asking ourselves is what's more important, my hair or my health? <laughs> And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we all should be saying health. <laughs> we all should be saying health. Absolutely. Um, yep. and again, it was, it was one of the, you know, few reasons why I went natural as well, you know, because like, mm-hmm. it just seemed insane to me that I was prioritizing, um, you know, something that, you know, should be at least for me less important versus, you know, having a good, healthy life. So Mm -hmm. I hear you. If you're out there and you're listening and you really want to get healthy and get fit and your hair is stopping you from doing that, ask yourself that question. Think about it. Like it's, it's, it should be a no brainer, but you know, none of, neither of us are here to tell you what to do. We can only help uh, start having those conversations a bit more widely within our community. So, so there you are. So what do you, how do you wear your hair when you work out? What's your go-to style? My go-to style is I do a wash and go. You do? Um, okay. I never liked, yeah, I never liked doing a twist out because it was, I never got it right. Mm. And I wanted to, like, I liked wetting my hair often. I know a lot of um, naturals, 
you know, they do a twist out and they have it on for a week. I wet my hair every other day consistently. So I, because I work out so frequently and I just love getting my hair wet. So I do a wash and go and I always have it out in a big fro and a wash and go. Mm -hmm. Um, But lately it's been growing out a lot and I just, I'm home, I'm quarantined. I just, um, I wet it every single day. I just sort of like, I co-wash and I hydrate with my conditioner and I just sort of put a leave-in conditioner and put it up in a top messy um, ponytail and that's it. Done. So it's been just like that, like a little messy bun, but I just make sure I hydrate it every other day okay. so my curls don't dry out. Um, and um, I, use a, I use a product called Oliplax. It's a protein um, shredder for the hair. So I do that uh, on the weekends, okay. just sort of like give my hair like a nice treatment. So. Yeah. But I'm very simple when it comes to my hair. I don't do bantu knots, twist out, no, just wash and go and that. And Your sister, <laughs> I swear, Taiwo does Taiwo wear twist outs because mm-hmm. I feel like she has a very twist twist outy style. Is she more? She does. Yep, she does. She loves her twist out. And yeah. again, she she's like, I'm a lazy natural. You know, I don't really, I don't have time to do a wash and go like mm-hmm. every other day, every three days. Um, so she's definitely a twist out queen. <laughs> what is the best way to track your progress? Because some people will hit the scales once a week, same time every week. Um, some people want to feel how they want to see how they feel in, you know, clothes that they have owned for ages. Some people do photos and compare themselves week after week, month after month. What would you suggest? I, um, so I know the method right now is just like get on the scale. Mm. And I personally don't feel like it's, it's a great method, um, especially just on a psychological level. Um, your weight fluctuates so frequently throughout the day. Yeah. And it could say one thing in the morning and you come home at night, it says another. And that just messes you up psychologically. Yeah, And it's, a, it's a, such a huge stressor. So I always tell my women, I'm like, do not get on the scale. We have a, um, because also uh, the weight is just a number. You have no way to decipher, okay, what is contributing to that weight? Is it fat? Is it muscle mass? Is it water retention? Mm. Um, am I, you know, on my, on my like menstrual cycle, is that contributing to my water gain? So you really don't have a method to decipher what's what it's just a number and you're freaking out. Like, Oh my God, I, I just, I'm five pounds heavier. And this morning I wasn't that. So I just, I don't like the scale. I always incorporate either just seeing how your clothes fit. Okay. Um, and taking photos because okay. visually you can see like, oh, okay, I'm seeing my waistline get smaller. I am noticing like little changes physically. Mm-hmm. Um, but the number is just the number. It doesn't really tell you anything but just that. Um, and from a health standpoint, it could say something. It could be a specific weight that you want. But if I get you in my in-body machine and we decipher, okay, your body fat percentage is like 6 or 5%. That's not healthy, especially mm-hmm. as a woman. You you don't want to be lower than like ten percent. It's not healthy at all. Okay. So again, just skills are just you know. I know for some people they love it. I just don't adopt that strategy. I just say take photos and put on your favorite jeans and see how they fit. We have to touch on the subject of working out during your menstrual cycle because. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, and I, I bring that to the table because if I'm, if I'm honest, that is a time when I am completely unmotivated. I do not want to move. You know, I don't see the power of movement. <laughs> do you have any insights around, you know, whether we're actually stronger, you know, during that time and we should, you know, utilize that momentum to work out or I've read a whole bunch of different things and I'm just like, what, mm-hmm. what, what's the fact here? Yeah. So there, there are different publications out there that touch on the matter. And a lot of them are swaying towards like the benefits of working out during your cycle, um, how it makes you stronger. It's more beneficial. But again, I always say, you know, it's also individually based. I know I like 80% of my clientele are all women. Mm-hmm. And just based on that experience, a lot of my female clients, I always know when it's around that time or when it's time mm. because they're just exhausted. Yeah. And I personally feel the same way. Like before my cycle, I am so exhausted and I have to reduce my training down to about 50%. Mm-hmm. You know, I cannot lift maximally as I normally would. I just don't really have that much energy to give. So I do still train, yeah. but it's a, an, a very, it's a very low, low level training. I just, I just can't sustain that much energy. And it's the same thing that I have noticed. Um, it's been a, it's the same paradigm with my female clients. They, they are exhausted. They are tired. And they're always wondering, oh, I don't understand. I did this last week, but I can't. Like, it's okay. Yeah. You know, your, your body is going through a lot right now. And it's prioritizing your natural biological rhythm. So it's going to take precedence over exerting energy into a barbell. So I just mm-hmm. reduce their training um, and we kind of just fall back on their normal training schedule. So you don't skip. You don't have days where you're like, I'm not doing this today. No, I do. There's... The, Sometimes there are days where um, I'm so tired that I just can't even do anything. Yeah. So I just say, you know what? That's okay. I need to rest. Mm-hmm. I need to just let my body go through his biological clock and do its thing. And then I'm going to come back stronger. And mm-hmm. I think that's it's okay to realize, you know what? If your body can't produce the effort that you desire at that time, it's okay to say, I'll come back the next day. I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear that. Cause that was me yesterday. I was just like, Mm-mm, not today. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. what and I that's, do, that's okay. And yeah, that's what I told myself. I said, you know, it's okay to take a break. Um, I mm-hmm. am going to get at it today, but I think to your point, do less, you know, or lift less. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. my yep. problem is I get to the time of the month every month, like up until the time of the month, I am steady I am consistent I am lifting I am pushing myself but then I get to the time of the month and I'm like I just I just stop right and I will stop Mm -hmm. for the full five days and that is the worst for me Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. when I get when I get to the other side I feel like I'm starting all the way from the beginning I feel like I've regressed I feel like you know I'm starting from scratch So I think one of the things that I do want to implement and really challenge myself is, you know, if there is a day in my cycle where I just cannot do a thing, okay, I'll take that. That was me yesterday. But going forwards, day two, day three, day four, do something, move some, do some movement, do a little light lifting. Um, Because I think that if I leave it for too long, at least for me, um, when I'm over the time of the month, I, I don't get back to my routine. You know, I get lazy 
and then another week mm-hmm. goes by and I haven't lifted, then another week goes by and I haven't lifted or I haven't worked out. So that's Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And do like you could even it could be a great time to to incorporate restorative like practices. You could do yoga, um, you could do Pilates, just mm. some movement for very like low impact. Yeah. So that way you're still kind of moving your body and but you're still doing something. I love that. That's a that's a yeah. really good um alternative as well. Okay, self-care, the biggest buzzword of at least 2019 and probably part of 2020. Everybody's talking about self-love and self-care. How do you motivate yourself? Because you have to be, you know, considering what you do and the number of clients Mm -hmm. that you have and you've got to motivate them. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you do to motivate yourself? Uh, Yeah, it could be very challenging, Um, especially like when you're, Sometimes I work split shifts. Like I, on a typical day, I start, my first client is at 6 a.m. I'm done by, okay. let's say, 11 a.m. or 10. And um, I have that gap. I could either, you know, get breakfast, get lunch, workout, study. And then I have to be back again for a 5.30 and I'm done at 7.30. Mm. It, there, it's very, very long days. And waking up at 4 a.m., 4 6 a.m. clients can also you know, could be very challenging. And I find myself being exhausted if I have yeah. a split shift. Um, it's, I'm not always motivated to work out, honestly, mm. but what motivates me is just, I, I think it's become a source of like medication for me and mental wellness, like outside of just, you know, my physical, my physical goals of like, okay, I want to build muscle mass and I want to do this, but I know that it's so vital that I move just for my mental health. I'm such a better person when I move. Mm -hmm. And I know even if I don't feel like it, when I do it instantaneously, I feel so much better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so for me, it's, it's really the mental health of it. It's really how I feel that pushes me. And it's like, okay, can just, just do it. And it's just, it's also that internal mental battle because it's really more of the stories we tell ourselves. Oh yeah. Um, and like when you actually get moving, you're like, Oh, this was not bad. I actually feel great. Like when you start to like 30 minutes into it, you kind of want to do more. You're like, Oh, I really feel great. Mm -hmm. But I think it's our self internal dialogue that we battle with. It's, it's much more worse than the reality of working out actually. Like when you need to wind down and take time for yourself, uh, is there anything mm-hmm. that, what's your go-to? Like what relaxes you? Oh my God. Whew. Skincare and my plants. <laughs> All right. I love taking care of my skin. I love the entire cleansing process. You know, I, I take pride in like really spending a lot of time within my skincare, even like taking a shower Um, I take time doing that Mm. when I hydrate my skin, my sister makes fun of me. She goes, Oh my God, you've been there for 10 minutes. What are you doing? (laughs) Am I, I'm taking my time, you know, I'm hydrating. I, I take pride in like doing my facial max and, um, another thing that's very therapeutic for me are my plants. Oh Um, yeah. You are a plant mom. You were telling me earlier and I've seen it in your, your stories. (laughs) Uh huh. I love my plant babies. You know, I miss them. I missed them with a spray bottle every like t- twice a day okay um let's talk about missing because my husband's <laughs> uh-huh. gonna listen to this podcast at some point and he's gonna tell me 
I told you so, like he always does. Um, mm -hmm. He is a mister. Like he goes around with a mist <laughs> bottle every day. And I'm like, oh, are we sure that all plants need misting? Like, mm -hmm. do they mm -hmm. really? Do You tell me. You tell me. You know, there is like in the plant world, there are people who are like, oh, you don't need it. But it, it just, I love it. For me, I also notice how perkier my leaves are. Okay. They grow faster. And they. I just see the, the, the physical difference in my plants when I miss them. Hmm. So sort of like that's my feedback um, okay. for me to like continue go, doing that. Also, it's just very therapeutic. I love doing it. I love I doing it. Um, it's like a ritual, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice ritual, and I, you know, I dust the leaves as well, you like do. every month. Okay. Yep. Um, if you have like a humidifier, you could use that. I mean, I have a humidifier, but I still miss because I love it and I enjoy it, and I think my plants, <laughs> I, I think my plants really enjoy it too. So, um, but no, I think it's great. I think it's great for your plants. Okay. Now, what kind of plants do you have? <sighs> okay. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a snob when it comes to my plants. I just don't get anything. I have very specific, um, species that I get. Oh. So my favorites are my <laughs> philodendrons and pothos, okay. but like under those two species, there are specific plants that I like. Uh -huh. Um, I have a monstera at home as well. So all my plants are cute. Um, cause <laughs> I like, I like, I like cute plants. Yeah. I have one in particular. It's like a Philly, I think it's either a pothos or philodendron, but the leaves look like velvet. It's, oh. it's really cute. I have to, yeah, yeah I have to look that one up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really cute, but all of them do trail. A lot of them are um, hanging plants. So I have a bunch of them on my ceiling above my bed. I know. So oh God, I saw that. Yeah. So they're trailing down and they're kind of getting really close to me, which I, I don't mind at all. <laughs> so we have, um, what do we have? So we have, um, a fiddle leaf fig that, um, I love. Um, it needs a lot of love right now. It does not look, I mean, mm -hmm. we are not green. We do not have green thumbs. We're trying, we're really <laughs> desperately trying. Um, so we're trying to nurse this fiddle leaf fig back to, back to health. We have a couple snake plants um which oh, i love good. yeah they're good because mm -hmm. you know you can't really kill them although i have killed a couple before in my past life <laughs> <laughs> these two are doing well they're growing they're growing very healthily don't have to do too much to them and mm -hmm. we recently just got a couple spider plants that we have hanging one in the bedroom one in the living room inspired by by your little hanging boudoir <laughs> that you have um <laughs> So those are really cute. And what else do we have? Yeah, we have a, crop, a couple Dracaenas as well. Again, those are really easy to take care of. Do you think you'll be getting any more plants soon? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to the <laughs> farmer's market today. And, oh, I just realized my favorite plant store, they're open. So what? that's, um, yep, I'm doing that today. I'm going to get some more plants. Um, I used to have a lot more than I currently do. Okay. But I've, like, reduced my uh, my collection only because there were a few plants that I experimented with. They were very temperamental. I didn't like them. So yeah. I know specifically what I do well with within mm -hmm. my space. Yep. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm definitely going to get more. Oh, God, I love my plants. Uh, I'm, love, I'm, love. I am I'm very excited that your plant store is open. I, if mine was, I probably would have gotten a couple more in the last four it's, weeks as well. It's essential. It's, a, it's essential business. It's essential business, right? <laughs> yes, because they 
you know, mm-hmm. pump oxygen out into the air and clean the mm-hmm. air and all that good stuff. So yeah, I yep. agree. Essential. Yeah. No, I, I want to wake up in a jungle because it reminds me of Tulum. I think Tulum was what inspired this plant um, journey. I went to Tulum and I was inspired. I, I was literally in the jungle yeah. and I just remember feeling so amazing, so free. Um, and I was like, I need to incorporate this. How can I incorporate this back in the concrete jungle? And I'm like, oh, houseplants. I'm just going to make my room and my, my living room a jungle. And uh, it's been amazing ever since. Okay, so we're going to have to have a few pictures or I'll find some from your feed and share them on the on the texturelounge.com so peeps can can really see what you your what you are striving to achieve at home because it does look beautiful. Yes. It's very zen. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, look. We haven't got that much more to go. A couple more, um, you know, questions for you. We can go quite quickly through them, I think. But travel, you like to travel too, don't you? I feel like you are oh, a yes. travel person. You, you just talked about yes, Tulum. Yes. What mm-hmm. is the most favorite destination you've been to? Tulum. <laughs> it is. It is. Yes, I don't. Yes, I've been there twice. Um, I don't know. It's. <sighs> Comparatively speaking, with other places that I've traveled, there's something about Tulum that just invigorates me emotionally. I don't mm. know. I just feel at peace when I'm there. I just feel like this is home. This is where I'm meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really experienced that with other places I've been. I don't know. In the future, I might go to a different place and experience that um, same feeling I get when I'm in Tulum. But Tulum by far is the best place that I've, I've been to. That's, um okay I've been, I've yeah. been planning or thinking about um going um I was actually going to do a um a trip to Costa Rica which was supposed to happen just as COVID took over the world so that ended up being cancelled but before I landed on Costa Rica um I was considering Tulum um so oh, nice so maybe one day I'll make it down there. But um, I, I, I've heard some incredible things from a wellness perspective that it's a really great place to kind of to be for that. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great place. Um, I'm always, a, you know, telling everyone, go to Tulum, go to Tulum. It's, you know, I love it. So where's next? Um, where is next? I want to go to Europe. I, oh, cool. the only place I've been to Europe is like Zurich and Greece, but I want to explore other places. Okay. Um, oh, I went to Italy for like a wedding. In, oh, nice. It was in November. Yeah. But I just want to explore more parts of Europe and also Africa. Um, okay. I definitely want to go back home. I want to go back to Nigeria. Nice. Um, so that's going to be a very big undertaking just because mm. partially I, I haven't seen my mother since I was 12. Um, oh really so that's gonna be yeah it's gonna be a big oh wow a big um reunion so do you think that will be this want to go back home probably after this whole thing's over at some point maybe next year you think that'll happen or just something yes planning? hopefully okay hopefully it depends on how she acts <laughs> if our mothers behave behave right i love that yeah you're you not know, african parents oh i do i do i do um okay and then lastly on travel how do you stay motivated to work out while you're on vacation or do you i actually don't i don't work out yeah it's really hard for me to work out on vacation because i'm always so active yeah um so i just tell people hey do what you feel like doing you're on vacation you know you don't need to follow like a a structure. Um, but I also do a lot of like activities, 
when I'm on vacation. So mm-hmm. I consider that like, okay, at least I'm moving, I'm being active. Right. But in terms of like working out, working out, I really don't hit the weights. I just, you know, I just say that that's my time to deload and just sort of nice. take a break and I'll be back in a week. And it's okay. It's okay to go on vacation. Yes. And just, you know, chill out. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kayende, so we are now at what I like to call um, the lightning round session, okay? So <laughs> it's a bit of fun. I'm just going to throw out a few, a series of questions, okay? It's like mm-hmm. you've just got to pick one or the other. Try not to think about it too much. Don't give me any explanations as to why. Just pick your answer, okay? okay? You ready? Okay. 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 <laughs> Spring or fall? Spring. Spicy or Mild. Mild. What? Yeah, girl, I know I'm African, but I can't do spicy anymore. Like, <laughs> oh, this is for another conversation. <laughs> another conversation. All right, jollof rice or fried rice? Ooh, jollof rice. Squats or lunges? Squat. Wash and go or twist out? I think we all know this. Oh, yeah, wash and go all the way. <laughs> uh, Michael Jackson or Stevie Wonder? Oh, Michael. Oh, I love Mr. Michael. Michael. Issa Rae or Yvonne or G? Issa. Beyonce or Solange? Neither. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I know that's going to be like, what? She didn't choose Beyonce, but honestly, I'm not really, I was never like a Beyonce fan. Okay. I have nothing against her. I was just, you know. Oh my God. Okay. I have one more question. I'm going to come back to it. <laughs> Manny or Petty? Um... Manny, I love my nail designs. So Beyonce or Solange, listen, I get it. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is not how the lightning round is supposed to go. There's not supposed to be any like um, descriptions or whys or whatever. But I have to go back to this one. Neither. Listen, I'm not, I've never, like you, I've never been a huge, um, you know, I've, I've never been a Beyonce fanatic. Great voice, mm-hmm. great stage presence. You know, my yep. background is music so I can appreciate talent. She's got it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever bought a Beyonce album. I've never, I've never really been a fanatic. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can, I can acknowledge that the talent is there. Solange, on the other hand, I really like, uh, although I was <laughs> disappointed with the last album, if I'm honest. Um, mm-hmm. but you, but neither for you. No. Yeah. I'm not like, I love Beyonce. I think she's great. I think she's a great artist. Um, She's a great performer on stage. Um, vocally, she doesn't really do it for me. Mm. But I do enjoy her music. I wouldn't say I don't enjoy her music, but yeah. I'm not like, oh my God, a diehard Beyonce fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and Solange, quite frankly, I'm not really familiar with her. Okay. And again, it's the same thing. Her music doesn't really drive me. Um, so, but they're great. They're both great. You know, they're both great. And <laughs> I have nothing against them. I know I Beyonce. Know. Stan is going to come for me, but hey, my tr- <laughs> the truth. <laughs> Kende, thank you so much. This has been so informative. Um, you've been so authentic and real and true and um, enlightening, I would say. Um, I'm so confident that my listeners are going to have learned something from this conversation that you and I have just had. Um, I would love for us to stay in touch. Um, I do want to know like, if there's any thing um where's the best place for my listeners to find out more information about you if they want to become a client how do they do that 
Yes, please go to um, Instagram. That's where I publicize and post the most. And uh, my handle is Power and Movement. And I should be launching an ebook and also my online training platform pretty soon. So look out for that. Awesome. So I will add mm-hmm. those details in the show notes um, and on the Texture Lounge so that um, they can navigate there and find their way to you. I hope you guys have really seen the importance of fitness and wellness for us and our community. Um, And I hope that you've gotten to love and uh, get to know K-Day a little bit more. Um, So until the next time, thank you all for joining in today. And we hope you guys are safe and healthy and doing well, uh, quarantined and in your shelter in place, wherever you are in the world. Until the next episode. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much.